I'm more of a dark. Yeah, I'm oh, you do have like dark now. I'm oh, I love Hennessy. I love like Hennessy you know. white. Hennessy no, I can do both. Hennessy white. does Hennessy black. There's another one. I'm, I'm an old lady. I'll do like whiskey. I'll do a real good whiskey. Really? Yeah. I know so another like a woman Johnny whiskey drinker. Like I'll have, like, I mean, Hennessy's fine if it's, <laughs> it just has to be smooth. I just don't, sometimes Hennessy tastes like, it, tastes like rubbing alcohol. Well, you can mix it with stuff. Yeah. But, but, but not by itself. As you can see, we had a lot of fun doing this interview. Uh, but welcome back to all of my returning listeners. Thank you so much for turning me back on. And welcome to my first-time listeners. I promise you it will not be your last. But today I'm accompanied by Quana, T, and Joey, and they are the trio that make up Views from the Chicks. They've come together because of their mutual love and respect of music, and they've been podcasting for almost four years. So on today's interview, we're going to talk about the process of creating their show, where to find new music, um, their struggles with anxiety and how they manage it, as well as a little sprinkle of politics, not too much, but we have a wide variety of things that we discuss, and it's going to be a great show. Stay tuned. This is Design and Culture, and we are here today with uh, the Dixie Chicks. I mean, views <laughs> <laughs> from uh, the Chicks. Uh, the <laughs> All right, so I want to do a little icebreaker. So this is new for me. Okay. So I want to see how it works out. See if I want to continue and do it with my next interview. So I'm going to say a few words, and you let me. Don't tell me. Just think of you know what it, what the first thing is that comes to your mind. Okay? Oh, when you say the word. Okay. Yeah, just think about it. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to say two words. So two words are short and tall. So whichever one of these words resonates with you, then just hold on to that, okay? Short and tall. Short or tall. Think a thought of oh. Short or tall. Just think. Whatever. Short or tall. Short or tall. Whatever the first thing is that came to your mind, just keep it there. Okay. 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 Netflix or Hulu? Bed or couch? Fight or flight? Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Alright, so for short or tall, what came to your mind? Which word fits you and, and what came to your mind, if anything? Kevin Hart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so would that be short or tall? Short. I'm not sure. Mine was black. <laughs> this song. I'm already famous. Yeah. What? Oh. Mine was black. Yours is black? Because when I thought of tall, I thought tall black. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. And I thought of both. Like, I was thinking short or tall, both. Like, I don't discriminate. So. Okay. Short or tall. Yes. All right. Everybody get a turn. Yes. <laughs> Everybody eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning some things about you. Um, what was the next one? Netflix or Hulu? I automatically said chill, so I said Netflix. I thought when I heard Netflix, I heard Netflix and chill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I actually really like Hulu. Why? Um, they have a lot of TV, a lot shows. of TV shows that I like. Okay. Okay, Hulu. Okay. I immediately so, thought Netflix because I've been binge watching everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right. And uh, bed or couch? Bed or couch? That one made me ponder. I was like, <laughs> how many? What am I in? What context? But I, I said bed. Bed. Bed for me. Yeah. First thing. Bed. Why? Why, Why? the bed? Because I spent a lot of time in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a comfort zone. Yeah, bed is like my bed is like my home. It's like where I unwind. It's where I get rid of the day and go to sleep. And I like to sleep, so okay. I thought of the bed. Gotcha. Cool. Um, I I love my bed too, but I also I really love my couch. Your couch okay. is nice. She got a nice right? couch. I have a pink velvet couch. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. It is beautiful. It's like, sexy. Food and drink. I'd be like, don't come near my couch. Oh, like, so that means you're you don't make any magic happen yeah. on the couch. No, no, no. No messes on the couch. No, I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, we're moving this over the there. Bed. We're not staying on my couch. <laughs> Uh, mine, mine is definitely bed because that's where you can find me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not out in the streets or in the bed. <laughs> in the bed, in the bed. I have a futon in my room, so it's definitely the bed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then fight or flight. First thing that came to my mind was flight. I love to fly. I think flying takes you on an adventure. So yeah, flight always. Yeah, I thought of flight. I would love to be able to fly. Like just, just close my eyes and fly away and just oh, like come back you mean later. Oh, like physically, like yeah, I'm out of here, like y'all. physically flying. <laughs> just like, all right, bye guys. I'm just gonna <laughs> teleport somewhere. Yeah, so flight for me. Okay. I said flight too, and I thought flight because flight is more freeing. When I think of fight, I think of like a battle or a struggle, something more like, what is it like? You stuck like in tension. Right, tension. Yeah. You're stuck in a situation. Flight is like I'm free. I can do whatever. Right. So flight. Okay. Excellent. All right, ladies. You passed the first exam. Yay. All right. So my first question is, what's your process of coming up with your shows? Oh, wow. Mm. Well, coming up with shows is definitely a collaborative effort. For sure. Uh, We find many sources for subjects, whether it be social media, personal experiences, feedback that we hear from listeners. We incorporate all of those three things into our content. And with us having our own segments now that we implemented uh, this in 2019 in our new season, it kind of gives each of us our own independence in a sense where we can cultivate our own personal content. And in a sense, we also get to collaborate. So if I see something pertains to Hannah's subject or Joey's subject, I definitely send them that information over. And they it's to their choosing when they want to use it or if they want to use it or not. So it's definitely a collaborative oh, effort. Um, that was a really good answer to you. Oh, All right, good answer. Hey, what she said. And then when it comes to our views and review, we kind of have a similar pattern. We'll share we'll share articles with each other. Maybe it's a conversation that a friend of ours had or something that may be trending. And we definitely want to make sure that it's something all three of us are connected to. Because no one wants to go on there and just talk just to talk. We want to make sure that we have actual solid viewpoints on this. And it's something that we care about. So. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and so I asked all of my guests about what their favorite color is because colors can change your mood, they can hypnotize you, and you know they make your imagination go wild. So what is your favorite color and why? People who know me will be shocked to know that one of my favorite colors is pink. I'm definitely, yeah. I've never right? seen you wear pink. I, I was don't wear around. pink, but if you pay attention, if you see my phone, the back of my phone case, it's pink. 
my nails are pink a lot. Uh, my, iP my iPad case is pink. I really love, I have a lot of pink lipstick. Uh, I really love the color pink. I don't wear it, but something about it makes me feel good. So I try to incorporate it in more of like beauty products and accessories, but not something that I wear. But pink makes me feel girly. I don't really dress girly per se. I'm not like um, legally blonde with it. <laughs> but I just have this like low-key obsession with pink. Um, it just makes me happy. It's vibrant, it's colorful, it's happy. I feel like it kind of is an extension of myself. Um, so yeah, I think we all have a little pink inside of us. So, we do. We do. <laughs> Literally, figuratively, right. and <laughs> Pink is everywhere. Yes. So yeah, that's my favorite color. Lana, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is purple. Ooh. Okay. And I was always told from a young age, like, purple means royalty. Mm. You know, like, the kings wear purple and queens wear purple. And, and like tea, I don't wear much purple. I don't really don't wear purple at all. Um, but I think just the color, when I see it, whether it's more like a dark purple or a fuchsia, it's just a beautiful color to me. Um... So I will say that is my favorite color. That's also my daughter's favorite color too. Okay. Without me telling her that purple was my favorite, like anytime she colors, she wants the purple crayon. If there's a toy, she wants like a pur the purple dress for her Barbie, like whatever it is, she loves oh, wow. purple. And how did you feel about that? Like when you found out that was her favorite color, were you just like, oh, I thought my baby. It was so I thought it was so cute. I was like, really? That's mommy's favorite. She's like, okay. And then you know, she just goes about her business. Like, <laughs> like okay, that's cool, but like, whatever. It's mommy. Yeah, like, so She's like, hey, she's like, okay, yeah, purple. Yeah, she loves purple, and I'm like, I understand, I love it. Joey, what's your favorite color? So my favorite color actually is purple as well. Yeah, okay. basically the same reason. Purple is the color of royalty. There's something very sacred about it, and I honestly like any bright colors. I feel like it fits perfectly with my personality. You know, not to toot my own horn, but hey. Um, and you're wearing purple right now. And I'm wearing purple now. My purple. room is purple. Oh, yeah, it's yes. purple, rain. purple rain. And she has purple in her uh, her yeah. There we go. Yes. And you got the pink on, so we kind of all are showing, expressing what our favorite have colors purple are. Purple studs, like little details of purple. Right. Yeah. So yeah, purple, definitely for royalty, for sure. Right. That's awesome. Thank you, ladies. So, how often do you record, and how many episodes do you create at one time? Um. So we record, um, we've changed a lot throughout our time because, you know, life. So at one point we recorded every two weeks. At one point we recorded every month. Um, at the moment we are doing twice a month. Um, and what we try to do is we do a planning session for one of those um, meetups. And then we will record two episodes um so your planning session is let's talk about what we're gonna mm -hmm. have the episodes about and then you yes the two so we, we like to have workshops so mm -hmm. we try as much as we can you know everyone has different schedules but as much as we can we like to have a workshop where we just talk about what's going on what we're thinking anything we saw recently that we think is interesting we'll talk about it we'll kind of chit chat and catch up with each other and
and then we'll say, okay, so we have, you know, this coming up next. We have this holiday coming up. We have this weekend open, and then we'll put that in our schedules. We'll come back, and then we'll say, okay, we're going to record our segments episode, and then we're going to record a views and review episode. So we try to do that back to back. Right. So we will release one at a time. Um, but yeah, we we've changed a lot of our schedule just to accommodate, you know, life, what's going on with us, just to make sure that everyone's not feeling overwhelmed, but feeling like they can, you know, they have the time to work on things. But at the moment, we will do a workshop and then we will do a recording of two episodes. Okay, excellent. When it's time to create, are you all 100% in, or is like one person 100% in and the other two are like at 75, or do you have to pump each other up or motivate each other in order to get into the, the episodes? To be honest, I think the energy definitely varies because, again, we are three people living our own individual lives, so I think at times it may be two people feeling it, one person feeling it, one person may be having a bad week, someone might be having a great week, so we kind of just bounce it off of each other, and um, we like to have open discussions and be open with each other when we are feeling that way, to make sure that it's not affecting the productivity, but once we really get in it, then the fire is like literally right back on, right back lit, so yeah. Where did the views from the chicks come from? So I want to know, number one, where did you all meet? And what made you start views from the chicks? Um, it's a funny story. So I think Quana just gave birth. Yeah. And we came over to see the baby and have breakfast and like catch up. And we all were just talking and seeing how we needed a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. We all have nine to five in the corporate America. Mm-hmm. And we also met in college mm-hmm. too. And during college, what, what we, school did you go to? we went to Philadelphia University, uh, now Jefferson University, formerly known as the University of Textiles. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I know. And this one oh is basically like Diddy, always changing, <laughs> Diddy. always reinventing, yeah, reinventing <laughs> innovative. So. Do I don't have to pay the student loans anymore? So I know. I know. <laughs> but so we all share love for music and going to concerts. The hell is that? Is that a special drink being made? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we all met in college and we share a love for music. So when we were visiting Kwana, we all needed a creative outlet. We kind of felt stuck at work. Yes. Working nine to five pays the bills, but we needed a creative outlet. And podcasts were just happening, and we were just saying, how about we just start a podcast? How about we talk about music? And let's see, like, let's just use that as a creative outlet for ourselves. And that's basically how the idea was sparked. And for the name Views from the Chicks, well, I think I think I came up with the name. I think we oh, went, sure. it's like, there we, was a we went back and forth. Yeah, we went back and forth. And with the idea. And with the idea of the concept of the podcast right. for a while. Um, so at the time when we were starting to record the podcast, uh, Drake came out with the album Views from yes. the right. Six. Yes. Okay. And what was one of the songs on that album? 
on the album. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs, well, views, but one of my favorite songs that we actually spoke about on our first episode was called Redemption. Okay. And we di- I dissected that. Um, and then we all picked songs from the album to dissect. So it's views from the six, and then, you know, views from the chicks. So it's just ironically that he came out with the album around that time, and it just seemed, seemed so fitting for us to use that as our name. Okay. We all love Drake in different ways. I think I may love him more than most. Most. <laughs> <laughs> I call him my boyfriend. I have many boyfriends. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's That's for another episode. Another episode. <laughs> but um, we, yeah, he's someone that we hold dearly to us. And it was just an inspiration behind the name. Okay, excellent. Do you know what your first episode is called and what you talked about? Ooh. I think I just talked about Now, it. to be... <laughs> To be transparent, we've had many first episodes that we eventually scrapped and went along with the first one. I think our first episode is called The Message Behind the Music. You're right! Right? Yes! I'm the one who edits, yes, so I remember. Right. That's true, that's true. You're right. It was the message behind the music, and I Good believe question. for that episode, we each selected a song and we dissected the message behind the music. And I think mine, I dissected Mick Jenkins' Water because, um, mm. you know, he is like mm-hmm. my yes. everything. Yeah. Um, I think I picked J. Cole. Yeah, you picked J. Cole, and then Quana picked the L. Cool J. and Brad Paisley song. Yeah. Oh. Yes, <laughs> Oh, he got a lot of flack for that. Yes, and I wanted to talk about, you know, his heart was in the right place. It just didn't land well. It was not a guy from Queens. No, no, no. It was not executed. They had a certain message, but that just kind of displayed how messages can be misconstrued through music or not executed properly, (laughs) and then how some some songs can really take things further (laughs) with with their messaging. So. Yeah, the message behind the music. Um, K. Michelle is trying to go country. Huh? She's actually, yeah, oh, she wants yeah. to go country. And she um, is actually going to be recording her album on Billy Ray Cyrus's ranch. Mm. Oh, so he is like the plug for right. this country. Right, yeah. He's yeah. letting all the black Lanaz, people in. Yeah, he's like, come in, come in. He's letting all the black people in. Him and his daughter. <laughs> um, so your show deals with the correlation between life and music. What did you feel was missing from the culture that led you to create the show? Oh, great question. So one thing that I'll say that I definitely pride ourselves on is that we have the women's perspective, specifically the black women's perspective. Mm -hmm. I felt like generally speaking, when it comes to radio shows and um, broadcasts, the women that they have on the platform are usually pegged to just talk about um, what's trending and pop culture and, you know, the gossip, the rumors. They very rarely have a role in terms of the interviews of the actual conversation it's definitely gotten much you know much better over time for sure but when we started i didn't see that often like at all mm-hmm. so i definitely was even more excited to start this with these ladies because we wanted to be that voice for that reason Excellent. and um you know just to be clear we think even in like pop culture it's good to have a black woman's perspective as well absolutely um you know because we can also be fun and talk about the kardashians and laugh you know we can, we can do that too you know we can do it all um but definitely we felt like when especially when it comes to like hip-hop and rap like a lot of times the women are kind of surpassed or like looked over and it you know since this is our show 
you know, we can talk about Drake. We can mm-hmm. talk about Lil Wayne. We can talk about J. Cole. We can talk about all of it. You know, we have opinions on it as well. I also feel that there's was a special space in the podcasting industry for us. I think we carved our own place in there. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people who do what we do as three women and talking about music. And I feel like Quana, to piggyback on what Quana was saying, in the music industry, it's male-dominated mm-hmm. and opinions are driven by men. Mm-hmm. But... I honestly feel like women are the backbone of the industry. We provide so much to the industry in terms of being producers, uh, managers, you know, writers. We do so much. So I feel like we needed to find a space so that we could showcase that. And that's what we do on our show. We, we spotlight women who do crazy dope shit in music. And if you didn't know, now you know. And through us, we provide that for you so I hope that our show could be a vessel for others listening or women or young women who want to get into the music industry and we provide them with a platform and even up and coming artists just providing them with a platform so that was kind of like the drive behind it because there's just so many dope artists and so many dope people out there that don't get the opportunity and we just want to be a vessel in the process Excellent. I love it. Okay, so now your show is international. Is that correct? You have people yes. from other countries listening to you. You have, yes, other, you have fans. You have fans. So where are some of the places that they're listening to you from? Um, so we definitely have people in, like, Canada. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably thanks to T. She's always in Toronto. Canada, too. I have family there, too. I do. Yeah, I, I be telling people in Canada, yeah. like, oh, I got a podcast. So Canada, um, the UK. people in the UK, yeah, like a, a good amount. And just to jump in real quick on that point, when we first started, we're like, is anyone listening? Is anyone listening? And we got an email, remember that, from these um, these young men, yes. three of them as well, and they were from the Talk UK. Talking Plenty. Talking Plenty podcast. I, I don't know if they're still podcasting right now. I don't think so. But um, they reached out to us, sent us a really thoughtful email about how great we are and how they really love our content, and they actually broke down some of the things we talked about in the episode so we knew that they listened. And it just, like, you know, inspired us even more to keep going, because it's like, when you think no one's listening, you never know who really is. Yes. Right. All that. All that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so um, with Views from the Chicks, what is this show doing for you personally and or professionally? And have you discovered anything new about yourselves with this show? I guess we can all answer that question individually. Uh, for me, this is T. Uh, personally, I feel like the podcast has given me more of a voice. I've become comfortable talking about topics that I would not necessarily talk about in public, with friends. It's kind of pushed me to do that. And it's also tapped into a side of me that I didn't know I had in terms of like interviewing. I really enjoy interviewing artists and getting to know them and it really showcased my witty side. I didn't know I was that witty. Uh, (laughs) On the episodes, sometimes like the timing is crazy (laughs) with the things that I say and I was like, I didn't know I had a knack for that. And a friend of mine, she told me one time, she was like, you need to be speaking. Like, I see this in you, I see it for you, you have a voice, people need to hear it. And I just didn't know in what capacity I would be able to share that, but 
it was also emotional that moment I had with her and to be doing this four years later is kind of give it up to God to showing that I was able to use that voice in some way so it's helped me in that way and then also it's kind of like running a business it is running a business basically so that is teaching me those skill sets from a PR standpoint and knowing how to communicate with people on a professional level and it also is empowering because we've gone through a lot of things and there's some things through this podcast we're like I will not put up with based on our experiences working with different individuals and different personalities we've had our share of troubles whether it be with business partners not going well it was working well in the one one moment and then you know money and handling money and stuff like that so we've learned if you know if this doesn't work out in the end if I start my own business I've learned a lot that I can implement in so many different ways that I know people will never cross me again (laughs) so it's just also it's just been a learning experience and I think through this also that I became closer with Juana and Joey because we didn't see each other that often before it was just here and there yeah text a call but now we get to see each other more than normal so that's also been a benefit for me so it's been more than a professional development it's also personal development Um, I think for me personally I have learned how to work with different personalities Um, we all three have different personalities Mm -hmm. very much so very much so different personalities not the same in any way no Mm -hmm. but and and we do disagree sometimes we we disagree and We have three different opinions on things. And we're so, strong. So has anybody ever strong. walked out the room and slammed the door like Never. Ah, Not slammed the door. Not slammed the door, <laughs> but frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Right. frustrated or like, you know, not and but we're always respectful. Okay. We're always honest. Mm-hmm. We're always open to hearing each other out. We can talk to each other and not feel like personally attacked because right. this person doesn't feel the same way I feel. And we compromise and we say, okay, so what do we do? We make it work. And that's what we've been doing for the past four years is just really making it work and working with each other, making sure everyone feels heard, everyone feels like their opinion matters. Um, and if, you know, maybe we want to do three different episodes, we plan it out so that we can talk about all three topics in three different ways, three different episodes, and then that's it. We move on. Um, and I feel like we, we also, we disagree in a fair way. Okay. Um, we never get nasty or rude or anything like that. It's always like, this is how I feel and how can we make it work, you know, with the three of us. So I've, I feel like I've learned personally, I've learned how to deal with different personalities and still make it work in a really honest and open and nice way. And like T said, we, we've all gotten really close. We've all gone through so much in the past four years. And I feel like these two have stood by me. Like 1,000%. Right. Yes, like, like crazy. It's so, great to have friends like that. Exactly. And I think through the podcast, we've become closer. And it's only helped me see that not only do I have a support system in this like creative endeavor, but in life I have a support right. system. Oh, excellent. Girl, Love it. you don't make me hold <laughs> right. Don't wet up the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that was great. <laughs> I just got that right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look.
not the right <laughs> mic. <laughs> we got a mic for you. Right, yeah. Put on her phone. It's a mighty mic. <laughs> mighty mic. So for me, it's definitely everything you ladies have said. It's literally the exact same thing. And on top of that, for me, um, also finding my voice and standing in my opinions. I feel like I was always someone who's always listening to what people have to say. And if I have a thought or maybe something that I disagree with, I would more than usual keep it to myself mm-hmm. and not say how I mm-hmm. and not say how I feel openly. But I do that more often than not. Um, so that's for me. And then also, I think doing this podcast because I am the one editing and stuff like that it's definitely allowed me to hone in on my technical skills even more and she is dope <laughs> she is dope hire her for your website because she will make it look amazing yes, yes. absolutely yes. thank y'all thank y'all <laughs> so um so yeah always love music always had a blog a website or just something always with music ever since i was like 13 or whatever so doing this podcast is just kind of like an elevation onto that and i'm really really glad and happy that you know i share the same passion with the two of these ladies right here um and yeah learning how to edit is like it was really cool because i'm someone who sets little goals and once i'm able to accomplish them i'm like yes bring it on bring it on and let me tell you guys anyone out there who wants to start something no matter what it is podcast website and whatever google is for the free YouTube is for the free. Yes, teach yes. yourself if you can't find someone to teach you or find a class. I learned how to edit everything from YouTube. Just be patient with yourself. Take your time, and it's literally trial and error. I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning, and sometimes I feel like I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it, and I'm doing it with you. Right. So. Ooh, excellent. Thank you. All right, so we are back from our small, small break. And um, I do have to take a moment to talk about Kobe Bryant. I'm going to pass the mic around and really say something. It's very heartbreaking. And once I found out he passed, an hour later I found out his daughter was in there. So that was like a double whammy. Let's just go around the table and you know, just give a little shout out to Kobe and his daughter and his family. Uh, yeah, shout out to Vanessa Bryant and all the families involved uh, in the helicopter crash. Honestly, there's not a word. I don't know how these people are feeling. I don't know how they're dealing with the pain. Kobe was a huge player in our community, black community. And he was with his daughter, his daughter who he was helping with her basketball career. I mean, honestly, this week has been very, very tough dealing with this. I didn't know Kobe personally, but I know growing up, I remember Kobe. He was a part of my childhood. He's a part of my adulthood. So it really touched me in a different way. So I don't know. I, he's great athlete. I love how everyone is coming together. I think his death and the, how sudden it was, it made me realize that life is too short and I just have to take things as they come. And I found myself being a lot nicer to people this week. I don't ever try to question God. And I'm not going to question him now. And I know everybody's time has to come. It's just sad that it has to come in that way. But I know within this, there's a lesson. And for me, the lesson is I need to be nicer and kinder and just be a better person overall and try to really, truly enjoy my life. So rest in peace to Colby, Gianna, and all the people who's involved. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Like, I've, I've never really been a huge sports fan. 
um, you know, but definitely Kobe was one of those players that if you don't know anybody, you know Kobe. And this week, honestly, it, it really bothered me, like everything that happened. And I think it bothered me even more that his daughter died with him. Um, you know, me having a daughter, I literally grabbed her on Sunday and like hugged her and she was like, hey, mommy, leave me alone. I grabbed her and I hugged her because I couldn't imagine, you know, not just losing a partner, but losing a child at the same time. Like, I just couldn't imagine. Um, but, you know, I, I prayed for Vanessa and prayed for the Antebelli family and everyone else on, you know, the, the helicopter, Christina Mauser and, you know, Sarah and Jessica Payton and stuff. But it's, you know, it's really like a tragedy. Um, you know, I really do hope that the families are dealing with it as best as they can and staying strong and, you know, I'm not looking for a statement from anybody, you know, people online are like, when's someone going to come out with a statement? I'm like, why do you care? Like, she did. She, and, and I know Vanessa did. Was, it wasn't her. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't her. It was PR. And I wouldn't have, been, honestly, if, if I didn't hear from Vanessa Bryant for the next right. year, I would have been like, cool, I get it. It's, it's a lot. And um, people are literally mourning two, three family members at a time. You know, so I really do hope that out of this tragedy, maybe something beautiful is birthed. I don't know what that is at, at this time. But um, yeah, shout out to, to all the families who are involved who are just grieving right now. And, we're all grieving with you. Yeah, this has definitely been a very tough week to get through. It still doesn't feel real. Like, every day when I wake up, I feel like I'm learning about this for the first time again because it hasn't fully set in yet until I see images on social media or maybe someone brings up a conversation. I'm just like, wow, like, he really did pass. I thought that was just a really long, bad dream that happened. But this is life and through this through this tragedy it just made me start thinking about life what it does what it means to truly live versus like death i feel like just in general as humans we think of death in terms of old age versus like it can really come at any time so it just kind of has um made me think about living life with a little bit more urgency not saying well maybe when this happens for me then i'll do x y and z it's like just do it stop procrastinating i'm not a big basketball fan myself but there's so many people around me who lived Lakers lived Kobe Kobe was like their idol my cousins I had to call them immediately like are you okay because I know that he was like their idol my brother um, my brother was telling me like his friend who's like this tall maybe like six five dude was having like a breakdown on the phone and he was like Kobe's the only reason that I started playing basketball Kobe was the only reason why his father became a basketball coach and his father passed away not too long ago so it was just kind of like a lot of things you know it affected everybody very differently definitely rest in peace and just thinking of Gigi like I have two nieces and I'm just you know I have so many little girl cousins that hit hard the hardest I know Kobe but the daughter just killed me that hurt me she hasn't lived her life it also just really made me think about social media and how it can be a good and a bad thing because as we know there was a lot of people not reporting things accurately people not taking journal their journalism you know as serious as they should reporting misinformation um so 
yeah, it just affected me in many different ways. It just made me think about life. Um, living a long life versus living a full life are defined very differently. Like Kobe was only what, 41. 41 when he passed, and he lived a full life. And yeah, he had so much. And had so much, so much more that he wanted to do. Now, I think he retired, what, three years? Has it been three years, I think? Three yeah, or four three years. Three years. So this is the moment where he's been more involved in his daughter's life. The, the youngest is, I think, seven months, and the one before that was three years old. So I just keep thinking about, like, you have a seven-year-old who's really not going to know her father, like, at all. And then you have a three-year-old who maybe will no, not really know at all. Definitely rest in peace to Kobe, CG, and everyone else involved in that crash, for sure. I'm gonna ask a, a very detailed question. So can everybody pay attention? Everybody pay attention. Okay. Everybody pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So think about all the years of music that you listen to. Uh, the different genres, the different styles that the um, that the artists have had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, hi. <laughs> um, what artists? songs and or period of time has had the biggest influences on you? Um, well, I know for me, R&B is like, I love R&B. That is my love. That is my everything over any other genre. As much as I love hip hop and, you know, even like indie rock and things like that, R&B is always my go-to. Um, I would have to say the biggest influence of R&B for me, I mean, I think there is so much good R&B now. And a lot of people tell me all the time, oh, you know, music isn't the same. But if you really take the time to look and dig and really look and see what's out there, there is so much good music out there, you know? So it's definitely not only from years ago. There is so much good R&B, you know, like that reminds you of like, Anita Baker and Sade and, you my know. favorite yeah. and, and that Baker. is the music I grew up on like Mary J Blige, Anita Baker Sade, like that's what my parents played in the house you know, they would also play a lot of jazz like Kenny G and like um, you know, they would play like Kim and they would play and, you know, they would play so much so I would have to say that music influenced me the most you know, even to this day, sometimes if I'm like in a mood, I'll go on like an Anita Baker binge right. and I'll just like go on Apple and just like start going through all her, you know, her first album. And it's just like, it's timeless to me. Yeah. So I would definitely say that for me, R&B is like my jam. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Joey's still thinking. I'm sad. <laughs> There's so much, right? I know, my, like, my musical palette has changed, like, so often. Like, um, but, well, I guess, if you know Views from the Chicks, we all have different musical palettes. Yeah. I would say Kwana is the R&B old soul. Joey is more, well, they're both kind of the same when it comes to alternative R&B or rock or hip-hop. They're both that way. But I'm more like the, I'm with the times. So if it's new, I'm with it, you know? <laughs> I, I can find something in common with what's out now. But I would say for my first like musical experience and like really feeling what the power of music has, it would have to be it was seventh grade and Usher's You Got It Bad came came out. And I never felt like I didn't know the power of music until that moment <laughs> because 
I had a crush on someone. <laughs> and that song spoke to everything that I was feeling with the crush. And I was like, wow, this music really hits like deeper than what I've experienced other than that. Other than because my mom would have Celine Dion playing or Deborah Cox or R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. And I would never really know what they were saying. Right. But that was like a pivotal moment in my life where I, music really resonated with me. Uh, I would have to say my genre is like the early 2000s um, music is really what I identify with. However, I'm adaptable, so anything that has come out since then, I found love in it in some ways, shape, or form. I found artists that I could resonate with, whether it be past and present. I really love artists that are innovative and that can transcend. Usher, for example, he just came out with songs with Summer Walker, so he's been around for a long time, but he's with these young kids and like making it still bop, you know? He seems still like a, a young kid. I he agree. Really he has the Pharrell factor. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like for example, Pharrell too, They these are people who are visionaries and one artist that I, I love Drake and J. Cole and I love them for two different reasons. Drake, people hate on him a lot. However, he's always introducing us to new music, whether it's Afrobeats, if it's, you know, you know, the Latino music, the whatever, um, UK vibe. He's always introducing, he's always on to the new and he's, some people say he may be exploiting new people, but I think it's a good thing. He's exposing them because right. he has that pull and he's introducing them to us. Right. And I love that about him. So he's an artist that I really can identify with. I didn't have a real street or hood upbringing. So a lot of the rappers in the game, I never really could relate to. But when Drake came along, I was like, oh my God, this is someone I can relate to. And then also J. Cole, some people are indifferent about him. However, I he speaks to me. I remember listening to a J. Cole song and he's talking about Sally Mae and how the system is corrupt. <laughs> Sally Mae. I went into my savings account, I took some money out and I paid a student loan. Like he it just his music resonates with me in that way. And these are people who understand my struggle in in that way. So I would say those are the people who I feel that represents me in my music but I'm always here for the new people I'm music is so innovative and it is universal and I and I love everything about it so if someone new comes out I'm here for it I'm willing and able and ready to listen and like teach me something new introduce reinvent that early 2000 song make me still love it show make me love it in a new way give me a new memory about it so I'm always here for it I'm always with the times I'm with the shit so there you go. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> All right, Joey, come on. I know you got some good ones. I do. Okay, so for me, I think that my musical palette has changed over the years. Very similar, but has changed in so many ways. I think I have a very eclectic uh, taste in music. I truly, truly do love like everything. And when I'm listening to music, what I'm looking for is like the instrumentation. I think that comes from my father. My father is a musician, and um, he's a drummer. He's been in like all these local reggae bands. We're from um, Dominica, small Caribbean island, and um, he's been in various reggae bands with his friends up and coming. And no matter what house we lived in, he always had like a makeshift studio in his house. We have one now, and um, just seeing like the creation of music from literally just a simple. What is that? That's this. 
I forget what that's called. Uh, the xylophone. The box. Uh, the, no, the thing that just beats in the background to keep you on on beat. Uh, he told me the word the other day. I totally forgot. But anyway, <laughs> just from that. So when you add the vocals, add the drums, add the beat, like everything, just seeing all of that come together has always been like the pinnacle of how I choose the artists that I like. So the artists that I gush about all the time, which I'm sure you guys ladies know. Let's see if y'all can say it at Make the same time. Singer. Oh, singer? Oh, um, our boy. We went to go see him in concert. Um, who, who, who? He told me to add the baseline. Oh, Jordan Rakai. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I should have I should have clarified which which yes, but anyway. <laughs> um yeah, so an artist that I gush about all the time, his name is Jordan Mackay. And yes, y'all know Jordan most of the artists Mackay. I listen to are like underground, they're on the come up. A lot of people don't really know about them, but don't worry, y'all will one day. But um what the reason why I gravitate to artists like him is because he's someone that experiments with his music and uses different instruments. Sometimes it'll be more jazzy, more R and B. He kinda can use something a little more eclectic and kind of go the alternative route a little bit in some of his music. And I just love that. And a good voice. Mm-hmm. Give me a good voice. So I think my favorite genre would probably be all, like alternative R&B and mm-hmm. indie rock because they kind of like mesh. So those are like my two tops right there. But yeah, I just love music. Like right. music is everything. So I think of it on that perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, and so for me, um, I have a hard time finding music, or I don't look for it because it's hard. And so the radio plays the same shit, and I play the same shit from three, four, five, six months ago. And every time I turn it on, then I turn it right off. <laughs> and so I don't look for music, and I probably should, but how can, how do you guys help people look for music? Some of the names you're saying, I'm like, who the heck is that? <laughs> so how do you find these people? How do you find these different musicians, you know, to put on your show? Uh, I know for me, YouTube, I can go down a YouTube rabbit hole very quickly. There are so many YouTube channels that showcase great music, like Colors, for example. Colors, um, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Selection Radio. Um, So on Apple Music, it is a radio station, just like, you know, like, it's on Beats 1. Um, so just like, you know, there's people on Apple Music who have radio shows like Ebro, mm-hmm. um, Frank Ocean has a radio show, Julie, Queen, Queen Radio, um, but there is a radio show on Beats One called Selection Radio, and every Saturday they release a two-hour radio show of just music, so it's hosted by Joe K. I love the Joe K. Um, and he, he plays music for two, for two hours and he, you know, he, he puts me on to everything and he, and you know, he also releases his track list after every radio show so that everybody knows track by track by track who's the artist, where they can find it, the name of the song, because he wants to share what the music is. So that's how I find a lot of music. Also, NPR's Tiny Desk yes. is beautiful. Please, yes. that is also on YouTube. Yes. 
Yes. NPR Tiny Desk. If you're someone who likes acoustic music, um, Mahogany Sessions is also great for R&B. There's stereo heartbeats. Um, I also find music, like I mentioned before, like TV shows, movies. Um, if there's someone who's featured in a song that I like, I'll go and look for their catalog as well. And then from my friends, use your, use your resources. Yeah. Yeah, if you're watching a show and you're like, what is this song? Like, literally grab your phone, Shazam. ask Siri, Shazam, <laughs> Google Assistant, whoever, right what song is this? And they will tell you, and that's how you find a lot of music. Highest in the room, team, or Travis Oh, okay. I'm like, what song is that? Oh, how I find my music? Oh, so, I find my music through Osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> is that an app? <laughs> no? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Honestly, it's through going out. Like right now, we're in this lovely restaurant, and I'm hearing a song right now. I'm like, oh my god, what is that? I pull you out. You never my... heard this song? I feel like I have, but I never like knew, knew right, what it was right, right, right. or like cared to download it. Um, but through friends, like I think I've been very blessed with friends who really love music, so they always put me onto something. And then. Also on Twitter, Twitter has helped me a lot musically because someone will just post, I need some new music to listen to, what should I listen to? And then people just go in and then I just like click all these new artists and I'm like, oh, who's that? Oh my God, that is dope. So I think, yeah, social media, going to different events, friends has really kept me. I don't listen to the radio, so if I like something, I like it and it's organic. Is not pressured by the radio at all. So if I like something that is current, it's because I like it, not because it was forced on me. So. so I know you used to do EQ sessions, and that also featured new artists and things like that. Talk a little bit about your EQ sessions. So. Thank you. EQ Sessions was a collaborative effort that we did with our former partner, James Weldon from Philadelphia. So EQ Sessions is where we featured up and coming artists from locally around the area. It was a really, really dope session. Musically, if you love music and you love artists, that was the place to be. Unfortunately, we do not collaborate with the EQ session anymore. However, we are planning on evolving and keeping and maintaining that same energy with our own events and curating different things based on what we like and centered around women too. And and I would like to say that during the EQ session, the chicks really was the glue to making the event pop off because we incorporated an interview section after each performance which allowed the audience to really really get to know the artist and I think we took another element that has never been done before so if you've ever been to our EQ session or you never have been we're going to incorporate the same thing so that you can get that feeling we've had many artists say to us after each event saying how powerful and how beautiful they felt in that moment of performing because they felt so connected with the artist and they felt connected with the artist because the chicks provided that we gave you an insight to them that you would not have not necessarily seen at an open mic. We took it to another level. We made the we made the music more intimate, and we hope to continue that. Okay, so now, 
we have to go to one of your episodes that that just like grabbed me. I like I listened to the whole thing. I had to stop. Like I went to the grocery store and then I went to Walgreens and then I went to somewhere else. I was at the ice cream store and I sat in my car and ate my ice cream. So I did three stops and I sat in my car to listen to the gospel according to Kanye. <laughs> that episode was so great. I was like, what's gonna happen? What are they talking about? Oh my god, really? this is First of all, you talked about, um, you know, are, are women too independent? Oh, I asked You know, you talked question. about anxiety. You actually talked about mm-hmm. meditation. You talked about therapy and therapy, therapy for black women. Just, you know, feel free. Take any part of this question. Go ahead. Oh, my God, Miss Monique. I'm, I I'm so happy you love that episode. I'm happy to tell you. Oh, that makes us feel so good. I'm so warm. I'm so warm right now. <laughs> that episode was so good. Uh, I mean, oh, we're that... all advocates for therapy. Absolutely. We're advocates. Yeah. We're like, get you somebody to talk to, please. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, well, Joey came up with this phrase, uh, Godwink. I feel like you were like a vessel to God wink at us just yeah. to, as an affirmation to keep doing what we're doing because yeah. yeah. the fact that you like that episode mm-hmm. and it's us doing our new platform and trying something new and incorporating us being our, our authentic selves right. that made, really made us feel very well so that was God oh, winking oh back at us letting us know that what you're doing right and you're on the right path right, so right, thank right. you for that oh you're welcome uh, thank you for the episode oh my goodness yeah, I love and just really quick, like, I, I want to let you know that I am scared to go to therapy because I realize, the sh- you know, my life, the things I've been through and all that stuff. So I feel like if I go to therapy, they're going to uncover some other stuff. And I'm like, no, I can't handle it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, don't be scared, right? Don't be scared. Um, but the thing about therapy is that it really does, it's not easy because it will, you know, a lot of people don't want to face they don't want to think about it. They don't want to feel it. They don't want to face what's going on. They don't want to talk about it. So it will bring up things that you don't want to talk about. It will bring up things that don't feel good. But that is the point of it because, like, the only way to get over it is to go through it. So a lot of times, you know, it, it may hurt to bring these things up, but you'll feel so free that, wow, I can release this. Like, I don't have to hold it. I don't have to keep it to myself. I don't have to you know, have this like thing inside of me that's just in a box. I can release it and I have this person here. You know, a lot of people think therapy is like in the movies and it's not. Right. <laughs> it's not like, let's lay, lay down on the couch and you just spill, like, no, it's not like that. It's really informal. It's re- like literally you're sitting in a room and the person will literally just, maybe they're, maybe they're taking notes, maybe not. And they're just sitting there like, okay, so what happened this week? Like, how was your day? How was your week? How's it going? It's really not as like deep as they show in like the movies, which makes it seem so like clinical and medical. Right. Super serious. Yeah, super serious. It's really not like that. It's really like somebody who is just there to let you speak. This is your time to talk. This is your time to talk about whatever. You can talk about work. You can talk about home. You can talk about your kids or your spouse. Or you can talk about your mom or whoever, you know, whatever. And they're really there to just maybe ask you questions or just maybe may help you think about things in a different way um so yes don't be scared and you know it's really helpful to just kind of release these things and i always tell people if you're not in therapy at least have a journal 
where you can just kind of write down your thoughts, you know? It doesn't have to be anything, like, profound and beautiful. It can literally just be, like, jumbled thoughts that you have going on in your head. Just take those thoughts out of your mind and put them down, and it's really, really helpful to just kind of get your feelings out. But we're really happy you like that episode. I love, love that episode. Absolutely. Our food's here. Are they the um, at yours? get on the train and the train triggered my anxiety so I would get on the train and literally as soon as it was like you know watch the closing doors and the doors would close 
my heart would just be in my chest, like in my throat. And I'm like, what is this? And I would be like, I feel like I can't breathe. Okay, my mind is racing. Okay, my heart is beating. Am I going to pass out on this train? And now I'm like going down a rabbit hole of thoughts and I'm trying to stop myself and I don't know how. And it wasn't until... It wasn't until I, you know, started doing research on it and then, you know, looking for a therapist and all that stuff. I mean, it took me a while. It took me years after that point to actually go to therapy. But oh, wow. why, why did you wait so long? Um, I waited so long. Honestly, I don't know. I just, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was something I could manage on my own. I thought it was something that, you know, it, it didn't happen all the time. It would just happen here and there. So I was like, oh, it's okay. It just pops up here and there. But it wasn't until my anxiety was so bad that it was to the point where I would, like, call 911. Because I really thought, like, my heart is going to, like, explode. Like, that's how it felt. Was this only on the train or somewhere else? This would be at home. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I just literally felt like I couldn't breathe. I literally felt like I'm go like I'm going to pass out. I'm going to stop breathing. My heart is gonna stop pumping. Like I, like it was just so bad. And it wasn't until when the EMTs came, they were giving me oxygen and calming me down, and they were like, "You should probably talk to somebody because you know they check you and they check your heart rate and stuff, and they're telling me well your heart rate is high." But it's not high enough for us to be like, oh, this is an issue. This is like a medical issue. You know, they're asking you questions. How often does this happen? Like, you know, do you have problems with anxiety? And it wasn't until I had an EMT was like, maybe you should look into talking to somebody about this. And then once I did, and then my my therapist diagnosed me with GAD, which is like general anxiety disorder. And that's basically like, you know, panic attacks here and there. So do you take medication for it? No, I don't take medication for it. She gave me tools um, to help me just kind of release my thoughts. Because that's really where it stemmed stemmed from, from, for me. So it was like, okay, what do you do when these thoughts get out of control? You know, she's like, you can't let yourself go down the rabbit hole of these thoughts because you know what happens at the end of that rabbit hole. Now you're, now you're like hanging out of the window trying to catch your breath and put a cold ice. Like you're trying to bring yourself back to center, bring yourself down. And she was like, you know, we need to we need to find ways for you to release these thoughts or kind of calm yourself down. So she helped me with, you know, tools like counting. You know, when you feel like you're, you know, you have to literally talk to yourself like, okay, I'm having these thoughts, but this isn't real. Like anxiety is like, well, what's not real? Because obviously your thoughts are real. What's not your real? thoughts are real. But what, the thing about anxiety is that your body doesn't know the difference. So you're in fight or flight mode, and even though nothing's going on around you, there's nothing happening that is like, that you need to fight or flight from. But if your thoughts, if you know, you're going down the whole of these thoughts, your body doesn't know the difference. Your mind is like telling yourself that you're in trouble. You're in trouble, you're gonna be hurt, you need to escape, you need to run, you need to fight, even though nothing's happening, but your body is going to respond in a way that is like, oh, fight or flight, okay, we gotta get the adrenaline pumping and we gotta get you up. 
So literally, if I'm sitting there and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little tight, and maybe I'm thinking a little too hard about work or I'm thinking a little too hard about bills or whatever, I have to remind myself, I'm okay. I'm safe. There's nothing going on. I, I'm okay, you know, and really just try to do things that help. So I try not to ignore um, when I'm craving self-care time. Like, I love yoga. I love yoga. I love meditation. You know, just taking the time out to slow down. I find that I move very fast. I wake up in the morning. I get myself ready. I get my daughter ready. We run out the house. I bring her to school. I get to work. I'm running around at work. And then I leave work and I run to the train. And I pick her up. And I bring her home. And then now I got to make dinner. Now I got to give her a bath. Now I got to, like, I don't have the time to stop. And it's like, I need to be very mindful of like, my body is feeling a little tight. Right. And I need to sit down and take a break and breathe. And I don't gotta do the dishes. I right. Maybe I don't cook dinner. Let me order pizza. Like, I can sit down and it's okay. So I really do try to listen to what my body is telling me that I need so that I don't get to the point where I'm like waking up at 3 a.m. and I'm having a bad Oh, wow. Yeah. That is powerful. And I was just going to say, completely resonate with Kwame for sure. I think it wasn't until after the fact that I realized what my triggers were when it came mm-hmm. to my panic attacks, and mine was definitely school. I was in a very competitive field. I was pre-med in college. So I realized I had this thing like test anxiety. I actually just went to the nurse at school, and she was asking me, like, you know, the signs, when do you experience this the most? And it was always before my exams, because that kind of determined everything. If you didn't do well in that test, then you got to have to be taken and that determined your GPA and med school and all that stuff. And I was fortunate enough that um, one of my professors that I had, my calculus teacher, I explained to him what was going on and he would allow me to come into class a little earlier and take it in a different classroom. Right. So uh, he trusted me enough where he was like, if you being around everyone when someone's getting up before you or and you're wondering things to yourself, what do I get? Like, how come I'm not getting this and stuff like that? That really helped me because I was able to just focus in on what I knew and my test scores improved. But when I was experiencing that, I would have to run to the back. <laughs> I would have to run to the bathroom and literally sit in that handicap stall on the floor and literally just like calm myself down. I told no one, my mom's like the only one that knew and she just talked me down and it wasn't until when I graduated college, you know, working corporate life or whatever, I started taking courses again and I had a presentation in class and as I'm presenting I'm stumbling on my words and I feel my heart just racing and racing and I literally stopped and I looked at my teacher and I just walked out of class and I went in the bathroom and literally did what I was doing back in college and I was like okay so this this is what's causing and I was too scared to drive home because I'm like what if I panic and I crash or something so I called my sister and I'm like if I die tonight just know that you can find me in the bathroom (laughs) at this school But I never took the step that Quana did in terms of like calling for professional help and asking them what was going on because I still kind of didn't know. It wasn't until I started speaking to other people who experienced the same thing or doing my own research online about what was happening. In college, I actually used to have crazy lucid dreams because I was suppressing all of this anxiety. Like I literally run out of the room sleepwalking to ask them. (laughs) It was that bad because I was suppressing all of that anxiety throughout the day and telling no one about it that it would reappear while I'm sleeping. So, yeah. I haven't had, like, 
a moment like that ever since I stopped going to class, to be honest with you. Because, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because that pressure was just different. And I started, I was taking, taking courses like online and stuff, and while I was doing that, it was different because I'm by myself. I'm not in a classroom. Right. I don't have my competition in the same room as me, you know what I mean? So I just kind of had to figure out what worked for me and what didn't, and that was my trigger. Okay, so when it's all said and done, what do you hope to accomplish with views from the I can't speak for all of us. Um, I think we all have different individual goals. What? Her song. Oh my goodness, is that what he does to you? She loves him. She loves him. Have mercy. Should I move? Is it gonna get a little wet over here? Jeez. She loves him. Who is it again? Jake <laughs> You can't even talk? Wow. <laughs> Go ahead and have your moment. <clears throat> I honestly didn't know this was J. Cole. I just listened to he's, he's on it. Oh. Oh. He's on it. Come on, go ahead, rap. <laughs> Trying to get y'all out of here at 6 30. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Okay. While she's rapping and dancing, <laughs> I will say that for me, I really would love people to, you know, listen to the episode and just relate to us just like you know if you're listening to the episode and you're like sitting at home or sitting in your car and you're just like laughing along and talking along and like you know sending us messages and emails you know we get really great like emails and comments sometimes of people who are like you know we love this episode we love what you're doing like keep it keep going you know that's that is always so great to hear so I think when it's all said and done, I would really, really love to know that we reached people. We made them feel that they can talk about things like therapy. They can talk about things, you know, like um, anxiety. They can talk about things like, am I too independent in my relationship, you know? And also, they can talk about fun things like, oh, you know, what's Kanye doing? You know, what's J. Cole doing? You know, what new song is out there? You know, do I like it? Do I not? Like, you know, you can have an opinion on these things as well. We can get together and chat. And, and they could be looking for what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Right. You specifically, forget yes. about the artists, you know. You guys yeah. are bringing them the information. They want to know what you guys are doing. Exactly. And, you know, we do want to plan more events and we love doing events. So we definitely like to not just connect with people you know in an audibly you know audibly but also like you know face to face we like to connect with people as well. All right. you, you done T? I'm you done. good? You done jamming? It's part left already. <laughs> <laughs> well we definitely want listener engagement but I think also for I don't know, I can't speak for all of us. For me personally, I would love this to be, if this could be a full-time job, I would take it and run with it. It's really a passion, it's a creative outlet. I would, I think one of my really big goals is to have our own music festival and have our own artist lineup and let us be the go-to people for finding underground artists and independent music. Like. I wish that for us. I'm speaking that into existence. I want I want to manifest that. 
So that is something that I feel like will be in our future. So that's I'm shooting for the stars. That's what I wish and I hope for us. Excellent. All right, so the election is coming up, right? It's coming up in, what, 11 months? So my question to you is, what are the, some, some of the things that you want to see your local government do for you? And how can you take part and include yourself in it to help them, help your community, yourselves, your family? Well, first up on the list is equal pay amongst men and women. I think that is very vital. I may work in a female-dominated industry, but the people who are at the head are men, and it is definitely a boys' club, for sure. And I don't see women, I see very slightly on a small scale, but women are the backbone of the industry that I am. I'm talking about fashion. And the men, the boys are winning in every way. And I work extremely hard. And I don't feel that I'm compensated for how hard I work. Um, another thing that I feel strongly about is I hope in the near future, maybe potentially when the person is president for the next four years, I would like to have a child. And I want to advocate for one year. Um, time off to be with my child. I I think that's very important for people to go back to work so soon. It's crazy. I know in Canada they have one year maternity leave. Um, I would love that. And then also, I am a immigrant. I am. I'm from St. Kitts. I was born in St. Kitts. However, I am a U.S. citizen. How? But with that being said, yes, I may have done it the right way, wrong way, whatever. I I'm here. I'm a U.S. citizen. I have rights. However, I wanna I wanna talk about the Dream Act. I wanna talk about illegal immigrants. There are people here who are working extremely hard, paying their bills, doing their due diligence, who are good good citizens, good Samaritans, doing jobs that we don't feel like we are capable of, we are above it. And those people need rights too. I really want a candidate who's going to vouch for them because America was built on immigrants. So we need to remember that. So those are the three thing, core things that I'm looking for from the candidate. So I'm going to vote for someone who represents that for me. Woo. All right, <laughs> love it. I went. <laughs> you did, girl. I'm like, I gotta follow up. <laughs> so being being a black woman working in corporate America, living that firsthand, we get it from both ends. We are black and we are women. You know, I know exactly what that's like. We all know exactly what that's like. We spoke about it. We speak about our experiences all the time on the podcast as well. So I'm definitely with T on equal pay for sure. And because I know you say like the um, politicians always talk about student loans and stuff like that. I just think that whole system, just the whole the whole way the system is set up with student loans and interest and all that, something has to be done. They're not going to eradicate it. I, I do believe that is a fantasy, but just the way that it's set up, need, there needs to be something restructured there. There's no there's no reason why you should take out a thirty thousand dollar loan just to pay one hundred and fifty at the end of it. It makes no sense. Right. No sense. So something needs to be something needs to be done about the system. And um, the sixteen nineteen project, which came out in oh, August yes. by New York Times, they have a podcast. We actually broke down um, the first episode. Yeah. Was it Black American Music? Uh-huh. 
time. The voice of American Mercer. Um, we broke down that episode on our podcast, but we also have an episode where we break down the systems that they have in place and all of these systems that are needed when we come to the healthcare system, child tuition, the way people are able to buy and sell land, and all that stuff was all built in slavery. All of it. Right. And it's like we know but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't want to know about that. So that just goes to show you that the system was rigged from the beginning. So I feel like a lot of the systems that are in place, especially because I am someone who has massive loans, my parents remind me about it all yes. the time. Yes, <laughs> mine too. We are a slave to the student loans. So definitely student loans. I know there won't be a way to eradicate it, but some, we got to shake up the system somehow. Um, I am with everyone on the whole student loan thing. I refuse to have my daughter take out student loans. I don't care if I got to work two more jobs, three more. I don't care. She will not be in debt. She won't, you know, because it's it's not a system that is set up for you to, um, to thrive. It's set up for you to fail. Yep. You know, and a lot of times, you know, especially when you're fresh in college, you know, your parents are the ones signing up for these loans. And a lot of times the information is kept. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, you know, these companies, these loan servicer companies are not going to give you the best options. They're not going to give your parents all the info so that they can make an informed decision. They're going to say... You want your school to go, you want your daughter or son to go to go to school, this is what you do, sign here, and they can go. That's it. And can we talk about how Obama did not finish paying his student loans until he was like, yes, president, (laughs) second year in his term, first term. And he still didn't pay off his student loans, him and Michelle. So if that ain't wrong, I don't know what else is wrong. And what, they're two lawyers, so... Yeah, their student loans was astronomical. Yeah, and it's it's crazy, you know, you you take out these loans and then, yeah, you know, maybe you have $50,000 or something and then by the end of it, you owe seventy five, And it's like, oh, how did that happen? Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. So definitely the student loans is something that I think is... You know, important. Also, think like um, the government should do more to help out parents um, and moms, and you know things like that. I think a lot of times that you have all these like you have all these like pro-life people, you know, who are like, you know, we just gotta you know save these you know these children by any means necessary, like no abortion. But then you have the child here, and it's like. There's no after-school care. Daycare right. is so expensive. So expensive. Yes. A lot of people cannot afford daycare because it is literally like paying a second So it's like, so what am I supposed to do? There has to be some avenues for people to, if they want to start a family, they can do that. And in a way that won't put them in debt, in a way that won't. You know, they won't be below the poverty line when the baby shows up, you know, in a way that they can have the time. You know, I went back to work. My daughter was only 12 weeks old because I had to. I couldn't afford to not stay out of work longer than You needed a year off. I needed a year off with pay. I would have taken six months off with pay. I would have taken that. Yes. And and I would have been happy. You know, (laughs) so it's... There's so much more that we can do, you know, you know, for, for women, they don't understand. Exactly. But I think, you know, until the day a man has to push a whole human being out of, you know, out of his crotch, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> asshole. No. I mean, if, if men were the ones giving they birth, they can't even take a Q-tip. No. Okay. <laughs> If men were the ones giving birth, there would be, you know, a full year paid, 
you would get a, a, a back rub and a foot rub in the bed. You know, somebody <laughs> was just there. On the side. Yes. We a, should get a week off for our period, yes. too. If, if we want to be real and prank yeah. about it. It would be, you know, so much would be different. <laughs> so much would be different. Um, and I also think the third thing is a case for reparations. And I think that, um, like, Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote a really good article in the, in the Atlantic about a case for reparations that everyone should read. And I think, you know, a lot of times in this country, like, people don't like to admit the history. But they want to hold on to the history that they like. There are a lot of people who still benefit from the fact that slaves built this country. Mm-hmm. So I think there needs to be, whoever this candidate is for, you know, 2021, I think we really, they really need to let us know what their agenda is for the black community specifically in terms of reparations. What are you going to do about it? You've given money to Japanese people. You've given money to other races. So what? I don't understand why that isn't, you know, black people aren't considered in that same vein. So definitely, I think those are really important to you. And just to add to that, so I did mention the 1619 Project, and it goes along with Quanah's point as well. So I just want to let you guys know the episode that you should check out from that podcast, and it's called The Economy That Slavery Built. So check that out. It's about, I think, 30 or so minutes. Excellent. All right, you guys, you know, very popular, always on the move. Um, Really quick, do you have any last words for your listeners? What does 2020 hold? What do you plan on doing this year? For our listeners, I ask that you guys continue to be patient with us. Um, (laughs) be patient with us we are definitely three busy people we really want to get the content out to you but at the same time we're trying to have a balance between live creativity and you know our own personal growth and our own personal health as well so we just ask you guys to continue to be patient with us we got some fire coming for you and we will feed the beast for sure Uh, continue to check us out on all major platforms we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Flickr SoundCloud we are on Spotify with our playlist we are on Facebook we are everywhere you cannot miss us Okay, and then we plan on doing some events this year as well. So we have a lot of great things coming up for this year. We made a vow that this year that we would try our best to give it our all this year and see what happens. So we hope that um, you guys can continue with us in the future. You want to answer those fun questions? I see a lot of fun oh, questions. Oh, fun questions. <laughs> Something too crazy. I just want to know, um, are you guys, what's your relationship status? And have you tried online dating? So, relationship sandal, stand, scandal. Oh my god, the Jesus juice is sticking. Let me see the wine, the red wine. Um, <laughs> so, relationship status. I put this thing in single. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. But in all seriousness, <laughs> um, I'm just exploring my options, um, having fun. I'm planning 2020 to be my year, and I'm ready to find love again. So, I hope 2020 give me some bop with it. <laughs> That's what some I hear. Bop. Some bop. Bop. Oh. Give me some dick with some bop in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for 2020. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry. <laughs> We're disrupting the restaurant. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. We are not our home studio. Well, me personally, I'm also single. She said you want um, And a single woman with a child. Um, yeah, so dating is a little different for me. But um, currently, you gotta close the door. exactly, <laughs> exactly. I gotta wait till the baby, you know, at grandma's. Um, <laughs> experimenting. <laughs> um, but personally, for me, I am not dating at the moment. I'm really just enjoying my apartment, my baby, my family, my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, if something happens to show up in my life, I'm more than open to, you know, some special person. But well, something did show up in your life recently, right? That's what? It's pink. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Why okay. not? Okay. This is the adult so, hour right now. So basically, I, I, so basically, I went out with a friend last night and, you know, we had dinner, we had wine. And, um, you know, she's great. So she encouraged me, hey, let me take you to my favorite shop and we'll get you a little friend, you know, a little toy until, like, you're ready for something else. And I said, okay, great. So I went, and yes, so I do have someone special in my life. They don't have a name right now, but they are pink and beautiful and cute. Um, (laughs) But yes, exactly. But you know, I'm having fun with that. And you know, if there is an actual human person that shows up later, cool. But for now, you know, that is my relationship status. Okay. What does 2020 hold for you, Joey? 2020, let's see. I am single as well. She been self-loving time for a long time. Okay. So, you know. Right. <laughs> so, 2020, have I ever online dated? I think this year I'm going to actually take the lead and take that a little more seriously. Right. I've kind of been like, mm, do I want to do that? Just seems so unworthy. You know, not... Not right. You know what I mean? I feel like right. I'm a personal person and I like to meet people in person and really get that connection. But it's 2020 and this is just the time to be in and you got to roll with it if you want to make progress. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's where we at. I'm open. Okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh-oh. Going back to tea. Go ahead. I just want to say something before we wrap up. We want to thank you, Miss Monica, for oh, having us on your beautiful website. It was so much fun. Thank you for letting allowing us to be on your platform. And we want to extend the olive branch to you to have you on our platform as well. Oh, absolutely. To guest co-host one day in the near future. We'll set it up. But I'm so proud of you because you wrote a book. So. You pushed your website yeah. on. You started podcasting. And I think this is a great moment for you. And I can't wait for you to see what you have in 2020. Oh, Lord. And I'm wishing you many blessings oh, and success yeah. in 2020. Because you deserve it. You're an amazing human being. Yeah. Ah, thank you. Oh, my God. All these comments. Thank you. Oh, she's oh, like, oh, 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 And then on that note, Miss Monica, as for ending this, what are your plans for design and culture? Mm. Oh, man. Um, I'm excited about design and culture. I plan on reaching so many young, old, um, black folks, brown folks, and putting them on a platform where people don't normally when we see us, you know, I'm when I used to watch news, I don't watch it anymore. We were just always in the negative. So I wanted to do something different, and and this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to show what we actually do, what we really do, 
and that, you know, these people are just right next door to you. They're down the street from you. These are not just folks that are always on entertainment tonight and bringing things. And sometimes people need the inspiration to do it. And when they see someone else doing it, then they're like, oh, I can do what they do. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm excited about that. I, I love doing these things. I love promoting our culture. I love just, you know, having fun, period. And, and that's it. And that's what I'm doing. So, you know, and thank you. I, I want to continue this conversation, so you definitely have to be back on my show. Yay. And I'll come back on your show and all that, and we'll just have fun. Yeah. We'll just have fun. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank Views from the Chicks, Guana Tea and Jelly, for taking the time out to interview with Designing Culture and letting us know you a little better. If you have any questions for either one of these ladies or all three of them, you can hit them up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Views from the Chicks. If you'd like to send me an email regarding this show or any other shows or any new ideas, please shoot me an email at designingculturemg at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.